Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. So if you go to my Twitter feed, at The Roy Green Show, you'll see that I, uh, I ask the question, will you agree to mask mandates? Will you agree to a booster shot for COVID? And I did that because there's a new, new COVID strain, and organizations in both Canada and the United States have uh, returned to mask mandates. Some never left, but others have returned. And we are encouraged to take the booster shot for the uh, new COVID strain. Um, Dr. Joseph Blondo joins us, clinical microbiologist and head of clinical microbiology at Royal University Hospital and the University of Saskatchewan in Saskatoon. Always enjoy the opportunity. Dr. Blondo, thank you very much for taking the time on the long weekend. Oh, Roy, it's, it's my pleasure. Thanks very much uh, for asking me to come on, and um, very good to hear that you're back in good health. Thank you. Yeah, we're, everything's, uh, everything's being managed. And, uh, Perfect. Yeah, I feel great. Dr. Blondo, first of all, this, this, this new uh, strain of COVID, I, I guess we're not going to get past the fact that there will be new strains that come along. How do we, do we know how to assess this particular strain's uh, viral potential and, and what it could do to us? I mean, we do. Uh, I mean, those investigations are, are ongoing. Um, there's going to continue to be new variants that will emerge. Um, one of the concerns over the existing variant is the number of mutations that it has, uh, some 30 um, uh, defined mutations. And, and the concern is that some of the mutations are in the uh, part of the genome that encodes for the spike protein. And uh, there's uh, you know, some literature, uh, whether or not it's, it's, it's documented by fact yet, uh, which suggests that it has the ability to evade the immune system, including sort of immunity that you might have either from previous infection or from or vaccination. Um, and so it's, it's putting a bit more of an emphasis on what the current boosters are going to be for this fall and the value of getting them, because the new booster shots uh, certainly are going to be more targeted towards Omicron and its, uh, and its variants and subvariants. Um, if uh, people have had say, two shots, and haven't bothered with uh, the boosters, is it, is it effective to have a booster shot under those circumstances? I, I think it is, uh, because, you know, that new strain is not the only strain that's out there circulating. And some of the evidence uh, that was generated uh, earlier, like a number of months ago, a year ago, uh, actually showed that if you had immunity from some of the previous uh, vaccine doses, uh, that it was at least somewhat protective against some of the current uh, subvariant strains that were circulating. And, you know, it's, it's my opinion that, you know, some protection is better than no protection at all. And, you know, for anyone that's going to care to ask me for my opinion come the fall, I'm going to say that, you know, unless there's some reason why you can't take the vaccine, uh, if a booster vaccine is offered to you, you should seriously consider taking it. Now, where does the, uh, where does the annual flu fit into, uh, into the picture? Yeah. So, you know, Roy, we have uh, a couple of good years of data uh, from, because I know you're going to, we're, we're going to talk about masks. Yes. But, uh, but um, we have a couple of good years of data from what the effect of masking and distancing and um, uh, was. And, and we know that in, when we were in the height of many of the restrictions that were in place, we saw very, very little of respiratory virus activity. And that's just because we weren't allowing it to circulate within the population because we were wearing masks and we were staying away from other people. People were being strongly encouraged to stay home if you were symptomatic, uh, et cetera. 
And uh, influenza is, is somewhat the same. It's a seasonal respiratory virus. There is a vaccine for it, obviously, and we encourage people every year to become vaccinated. And um, there has been some questions that have come up about whether or not COVID and influenza will, will now be administered in the same vaccine dose. I don't think that's the case. I think what they're talking about is co-administration. Co-administration means that you could go and get both influenza and COVID vaccine at the same time, but it'd be two different shots. So, so we do have to worry about seasonal um, influenza. And on top of that, obviously, uh, this next uh, or subsequent uh, COVID subvariants. Okay, so I, uh, the flu always claims a number of people across Every this year. country, right? Correct. Uh, annually. Um, yeah. This year, probably no different. How much of a Correct. threat? How much of a threat are they, the two of them, to uh, to the health of Canadians? And what pop, what part of the population, particularly? Well, you know, we still have vulnerable people within our population. Uh, those vulnerable people could be those that are not immunized and have chose not to be immunized for whatever reason. And we also have people who have been immunized but have underlying medical conditions. Um, certainly the elderly remain at, um, at a risk. And if you happen to be elderly and have a significant underlying medical condition, I think that elevates your risk. But what we've come to learn with both influenza and with COVID is that we see these viruses affect people of all ages. And unfortunately, uh, there are fatalities amongst all age groups as well. And even healthy people can die from these viruses, you know, under the uh, unfortunately right circumstances. So, you know, there is a risk. We do see it where some patients are infected with two viruses, not necessarily influenza and COVID, but they're infected, you know, with COVID and some other virus or influenza and some other virus. So the possibility that somebody would have both COVID and influenza in the, in the upcoming season is very, very real. And for that reason, I still think that protection is the best way forward. Dr. Blondell, when I ask you, if I ask you about mask mandates, in, and they are reappearing, and there's a lot of pushback. I've seen it on my Twitter feed. Um, what's, your, what's your sense of the, of the uh, effectiveness of mask mandates overall? Well, they work. Um, you know, the minute that you prevent either yourself from inhaling a virus or uh, actually transmitting it to somebody else, then you reduce the likelihood of transmission. And we know from the height of the, of the public health restrictions, including the mask mandates, that we saw very, very little, if no, respiratory virus activity. So that tells us that it works. It's not popular, however. And so I think we as a society... Uh, we need to decide what's more important. Um, is, is our health more important and, and trying to protect ourselves from, from these viruses? Or uh, do we say we don't want to be wearing masks and we'll just take our chances? And, and, and I know what I would choose. I would probably choose to put on a mask if I felt I was at that point where I needed it. Um, and uh, others may feel differently, but it, it really comes down to what do you need to do to protect yourself and your family, particularly if you have vulnerable people within your, within your household. The pushback uh, on my Twitter feed has been intense. Um, people are saying no, no to the mask mandate and no to the booster shot. Maybe that's a, maybe that's a visceral response. Maybe that changes as the uh, as they make their presence felt. I don't know, but um, there's a there's a as you well know there's a there's a fatigue that's set in in our population, and what I hear you saying is we can't afford that. Well. Right. There's a couple of couple of um, uh, new pieces of work that are out uh, regarding long COVID. So long COVID, by definition, is a you know a symptom related to your initial COVID infection that persists for a prolonged period of time. 
And it was just a study that came out within the last month from the uh, Washington School of Medicine in St. Louis that said that um, both people in the community that caught COVID and were not hospitalized or people who were caught COVID and were hospitalized, some uh, ended up uh, suffering long COVID symptoms for up to two years. And you were more likely to have that if you were hospitalized with COVID. So, so what does that say? It says that, that this is a virus that can not only cause an acute infection, there can be in some patients these prolonged symptoms. Some of them can be quite debilitating. Uh, that could persist for a number of years. And a British study actually showed, you know, about 20% of people are required accommodations at work if they had long COVID. And other, another 20% were unable to return to work after, um, uh, after uh, you know, resolving COVID just because of these uh, long COVID symptoms. So I think it's a bit more than just uh, do we really need to be thinking about the health uh, consequences of this virus? I think it's much more than that. And, and I think uh, each and every one of us have to take a serious look at what do we want to do to protect ourselves and our families. Yeah, and certainly we've done some programs on uh, long COVID, and it's not a pleasant experience. We've heard that from those suffering no. with it. Dr. Blondo, thank you very much for the time. Always appreciate the opportunity to speak with you. Uh, it's my pleasure, and um, uh, be safe. And uh, again, I would encourage everybody to look seriously at vaccination survey. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.